Okay folks, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Wal-Aqibatu Lil-Muttaqeen, Wal-A'udwana Illa Ala Al-Zalimeen, Wal-Salawatullahi Wal-Salamuhu Ala Ashraf Al-Anbiya'i Wal-Mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Ajma'in Allahumma La Sahla Illa Ma Ja'altahu Sahla Wa Anta Tajlul Hazna Iza Shaita Sahla Allahumma A'inna Ala Zikrika Wa Shukrika Wa Husna Ibadatik Ya Rabbil Kareem Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh I hope everybody is good Jazakumullah khair for being patient. I just, uh, is this the third lesson or the fourth? I can't remember whether it's the third lesson or the fourth. What I know is that every single lesson I've been late. Every single lesson. And I just want to make it clear that that is not the norm. Or hasn't been the norm. Obviously it's the norm this year. And it's not inshallah going to be the norm. And, uh, you know, um, but I hope to get better at that inshallah. Um, I in fact I don't think it will happen again. Okay, it's the fourth lesson. All right, <laughs> so th- four lessons in a row, everything is bad. Anyway, Alhamdulillah, Mubarak to me, Mubarak to everybody, Mubarak to my father, Mubarak to every single person who is connected with us. Uh, put the audio level up on OBS if you can. Is that better, Shazad Salim? Because Shazad Salim is telling me. Put the audio level up. Alright. I also feel that the audio volume is low. Is it better now? Tell me if it's better now. And please confirm. <laughs> yes, bro. So, it's not just the quality and the lighting and the camera or whatever. Just sitting in my seat, man. And having any options and notes and things and whatever. Alright. Um, but I hope that the picture is okay. I hope that you guys are happy. I hope that uh, the sound is better. I want to tell you that Alhamdulillah, I made it back. What a mission. Alcatraz has nothing on the missions that I've been going through. Nothing. Right? Escape to victory. So, um, we're back. Uh, My father is good. He only has now what will be considered mild pneumonia. He's been testing positive, negative, positive, negative. This is what they call false positives or rather positives for non-infectious COVID, which is basically non-replicating viral material. So the NHS given him the exemption. So he's okay, a lot better. He's in a lot better mood as well. You know, he's back in his manner. He's, you know, so it's me and him, we're chilling. So we're good. And uh, exactly, Sunnah, I'm not going to lie. We don't just have the chocolate back. We got chocolate back. I've got to be careful here. No, no, I can't. I can't. No, no, I will. I will. One second. One second. One second. second. We've got some heavy ones here, guys. Heavy. Oof. Oof. Can you see this one? This is crispy coconut. Have you seen such a madness in your life? Crispy coconut. Anyway. Mace is getting upset, so I have to calm down now. He doesn't like any of my chocolate or my um, or my crispy coconut. <laughs> so anyway, all the fitness back, all the distractions are back. Bad coke's back. Did I press record on the audio machine? I did, yeah. So it's good to be home. And uh, no, 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 Harris, it's not the most overrated chocolate ever. It's the most difficult chocolate ever to eat 
That's what it is. It's not overrated. It's great chocolate. It's not as good as Cadbury's and all the rest of it, obviously. Obviously. But, um, and Garrett's is a fitner. Garrett's is a hardcore fitner. Okay? Ashazad Salim. Fruit and nut Toblerone. The truth has just been spoken right there. The truth has just been spoken. Right, so yeah, all the distractions are back. All the issues are back. All the problems are back. But the Barakah is back as well. I also want to give you an update on my mum. My mum is doing really well. Like crazy well. Like only through dua of the believers as well. And she'll be back home in a couple of weeks time as well. And uh, hopefully the the two lovebirds, my mum and dad, will be back together again. They miss each other. It's super sweet watching them, Yanni. Hate each other for 50 years and now be in complete mad love and dying any to get in each other's hands. Oh my God, it's bare funny. Bare bants been going down. Honestly, honestly. So, mum's coming home soon as well. And uh, so lots to look forward to. Teaching fiqh of death at the moment. That's great class. It was great having there. Where's Asara gone, man? So I'm looking forward to actually looking forward to doing your summary in class today. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I've got to say something. Yeah, what Zakaria mentioned. First of all, Toblerone is hard work anyway. It's just the impossible chocolate to eat. Then for a weirdo like me, okay, for a weirdo like me, you use a spoon. That's the state of the spoon. Right? Oh, you can't see it, can you? And you go in between the triangles. So that's the triangles, like that. And you go in between like that. And you press one side and you force it down on the other side. Break it off. Pick up the thingy in the... You guys think I'm joking, isn't it? But it's all here. I can't, I can't. Okay, all right. No, no, I can't, I can't because I've got paper underneath it. And, you know... Eating chocolate for me is an operation. It's an operation, you know, and I'm very, very much about cleanliness. So I've got it wrapped up and papers and things like that. Anyway, I know someone's getting angry and upset right now. Probably Mesa, right? Okay. Don't ask what's in the vaccine if you use chocolate spoons. That's a simple, perfect summary. So I just want to say um, everything is great. Alhamdulillah. And um, uh, got a new class that I'm super excited about, obviously, starting not this weekend, but the weekend after. And uh, that's a madness, by the way, getting me all teary and all kind of, you know, emotional uh, going through it and getting it ready. So that's next week. And um, so, Samara, the problem is not breaking it off. It's the fact that it causes a mess. When you're outside, it's great to eat Toblerone. You just break it off, you lick your fingers, that's it. But I'm here now and I've got papers and I've got devices and I've got X and I've got Y. So, and you know, Toblerone is such a mission. Such a mission. Can I just share with you another goat chocolate? Another goat chocolate. Oof! Oh, sugar. But not that one. Hold on one second. No. I don't want to cause the any fitness. That seems going to go... <laughs> Zafsalim is going to go mental. Ignore what you just saw there. Ignore what you just saw there, right? Okay, Shazad Salim is going to get so upset. Right, guys, we've got to do some work. All right? I know. I'm, listen, believe me, there's nobody in this planet who's happier than I am right now to be home, to be in my manor. Got the purple lights going on. You know what I mean? It's all good at the moment, right? Got my thobe back. Got my hat back. Shaved the head. I'm on like, you know, I'm doing well. Zakaria today came through, helped me out massively. Okay, 
and uh, it's good to be amongst, good to be amongst the gang, and good to be with the brothers and sisters. But I'm missing Sara, okay? I'm missing Sara because I need to know that her energy is there that she showed in the class, and I really have psyched myself up for her summary. I really, honestly have. Maysara, I hope you're good. And it's very important that all new folks realize that I don't eat anything with my fingers unless I am close to a bathroom. I'm going to wash them afterwards. That is basically the score. All right. We are. Who's going to give me the text? Who's going to give me the text? By the way, Umruqaya, chocolate is a absolute number one on the list of all foods that is only ever allowed outside. That and biscuits. Bro, you are not allowed to eat chocolate or biscuits in my house at any stage, at any table, because it goes everywhere, and then I'm going to just completely go mental. That's a score. That's a score. It's a fact. It's a score. Right. Um, lot to cover today. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we've got a lot to cover today. And it's tough stuff, and it's controversial stuff as well. Right? So, um, where's the text, man? Let's have a look. Study material. Nice. Right. We are in the part Ewa. What are we here? Rakaa to follow fi Jamaatin Ma'al Witter Badal Ishai, Fear Ramadan, Wayutiru Al Mutahed Al Mutahed Jidu Badahu for Intabia Imam who shaffa Abirakatin, Wayukrahu at Tenefulu Bainaha, La Atakibu fi Jamaatin. Okay. That's the Arabic text that we are covering. Translation of the, tar the Taraweeh prayer is 20 units performed in congregation along with Witr after Isha during Ramadan. The one performing Tahajjud performs Witr after it. That's our opening line. If, however, he is praying Witr with his Imam, he makes it... I, 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 what, did we, what did we choose in the end, by the way? He turns it into an even... Unit with a single unit or something. He makes it into an even number with a single unit. However, we made that better. It is disliked to perform further supererogatory prayers in between. In between the taraweeh. Unlike praying the ta'qib prayer later in congregation. So the ta'qib prayer is okay. The humbly say. But to pray just general nafal between taraweeh, not okay. Not okay. Alright. So, so we went, Mahira is telling us that if he's praying with his imam, he makes it an even number with an additional unit. I like that. Tell me that I came out with that because that is sound. Or is that your own, Mahira? Is that your own? Okay. Um, so... Let's. He turns it even by adding a single yin. I'm gonna say, Maryam, that I like Mahiras better. If he's praying with his Imam, he makes it an even number with an additional unit. Love that. I'm down with that. Mesa, please put that into the into the notes, please. Jazakumullah khair. Right. Let's do that. Okay. Wayuturu al So this is on page 64 of the commentary, halfway down. Sheikh says that basically the one who is praying to Hajjid, the Mutahajjid, that means the one who's praying to Hajjid. The Hajjid is the Qiyamul Layl, the night prayer after you've been to sleep. Okay, so um, 
And that of course is the sunnah to get some sleep and then wake up and that's the more difficult form of Qiyamul Layl, okay? Here it's being used in a general sense. Here is indicating someone who's praying later in the night, all right? So it's not actually by the author being used in its um, uh, like, you know, really accurate kind of sense or linguistic sense. It's being used in a general sense, yeah. Um, so... Uh, uh, because even Sheikh Uthameen says, for example, if a person really wants to do tahajjud after taraweeh at the end of the night, then don't do witr with the imam, but rather do it at the end after your tahajjud. Now, Sheikh Uthameen is going along with the script here, but he himself knows that it can't be called tahajjud if you're doing it later on in the night time, because tahajjud is by definition, go home, go sleep, then wake up again. Now, most people, when they're doing both taraweeh and tahajjud in Ramadan, in one night, they don't have time to go to sleep. But of course, if they did go home and go to sleep, then get back up again, then yes, that second prayer that they pray by themselves later on in the night, in Ramadan, extra nafal prayer that they want to pray, extra qiyamul layl, you would then call it a tahajjud. Now, we're being a bit lazy if we don't go to sleep and pray it, and we're still calling it tahajjud. But it's not the end of the world, right? Sheikh Uthameen says that um, in this situation, the mutahajjid, the guy who's praying tahajjud, needs to uh, 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 not pray with the Imam. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, Make your final prayer of the night the witr prayer. Make your final prayer of the night the witr prayer. And the reference for that hadith is Bukhari, hadith 998. So according to this position, he wouldn't then do witr in the taraweeh with the imam in the masjid earlier on in the night. He wouldn't pray witr. He would pray taraweeh, sorry. But he wouldn't do witr with the imam. Okay. Wala yutr ma'a. Okay. And then he would then pray witr at the end after his tahajjud. Okay. Some scholars said, this is for this mutahajjid. This, mutahajid yeah, this is a person who's praying extra prayers. Okay? Now, obviously, I just want you to understand, this hadith of make your last prayer of the night witr, if you've prayed with the imam, you can't be praying tahajjid, right? Because then you've made your tahajjid the last prayer of the night. And therefore, according to this opinion, this hadith is being contradicted. The other hadith, of course, la witran fi layla, there is no two witrs in a... Night, so you can't have odd prayer and odd prayer, right? And we'll come to this uh, uh, issue a little bit later, right? So the idea is is that you can't be praying witr with the imam and then praying to hajjid because you're breaking that rule. And if you are praying uh, uh, and you are and if you are intending to pray uh, extra prayer in the nighttime, then you're clearly going to have to not pray the witr of the imam and pray the witr afterwards. That's what some of the scholars were putting forward. This gets complicated because there are so many different options. Sheikh Uthameen says, some scholars said that no, actually, um, he should uh, pray with her with the, with the imam. And he should not do tahajjud afterwards. Even if he wants to, he shouldn't do tahajjud afterwards. But he should not miss out on the opportunity of praying with the imam. Because the companions, radiallahu anhum, when they asked the Prophet ﷺ, they requested him that he prays extra nafal with them for the rest of the night. He said, the hadith that I mentioned last week, Man qama ma'al imam hatta yansarifa kutiba lahu qiyamu layla. 
that whoever stands with the Imam and prays with the Imam until the Imam leaves, then the night will be written for that person in the prayer. I.e., you don't need to ask me for extra prayers. You, I.e., you don't need to pray any extra prayers. I.e., there is no further night prayer, either me or you or alone or whatever, that needs to be done. Whoever prays with the Imam until he leaves, the whole night is written for that person in prayer. We cover this hadith, hadith is authentic, yeah? So Sheikh says that this hadith is an indication that to restrict ourselves to the prayer with the Imam, okay, which is of course going to include the Witr as well, is something which is better, okay? And, uh, and also is better because the Imam is meant to be followed, is better because the hadith says that you actually really get the whole night prayer reward and it's better because you get rest as well, Sheikh says. So you didn't have to, you know, kill yourself, you didn't have to stay awake, you get extra sleep, you get the whole night written, so why are you praying anyway? Now, it's clear that Sheikh Uthay means of this position. I just want to put it out here right now because I want to go into a bigger discussion later that I'm very much of this opinion. I find it contradictory to the basis of um, I find it problematic fundamentally that we try to think that our efforts and our interpretation understanding is going to be better than that which has been textually stated and on the whole majority, majority practiced. So we don't find in the Sunnah the advertising of or the call to a second prayer. We don't find that, okay? And um, you, it's certainly not in the masjid, in congregation, let alone... Uh, uh, um, sorry, the other way around. Certainly not, Yani. Uh, yeah, well, not the other way around. This yani, idea of, of doing it in a masjid is just not there. And doing it yourself or in your privacy of your own home is basically even something which has not been you know, widely practiced. And you will remember that the narrations that we spoke about and that we covered, that we discussed, um, there's some very interesting nuance. For example, the Prophet ﷺ does not split his prayer, right? We know that. He prays long. He starts early, finishes late. For example, the, uh, uh, that's in Ramadan. In the other, outside of Ramadan, he prays later, right? He goes to sleep, he wakes up, and then he prays. In Ramadan, he really, yani, goes hard. The Prophet uh, Aisha radiallahu anha said that he would tie his waist wrapper, meaning he got serious. Yeah, he went hard, went beast mode, as we say in our kind of current times. Yeah, so we know that's the, that's the specific kind of extra nature of Ramadan. Second thing that we, we learn is that in principle, it's an individual prayer. The Prophet ﷺ himself wanted to pray by himself and he stopped praying in congregation um, when he saw people really gathering and becoming dependent upon it. And then he left them for the whole 25, 26 nights of the rest of Ramadan to pray by themselves. And then only in little odd nights here and there on the last 10 did we see him come out again. Abu Bakr and didn't even establish the congregational prayer at all. Umar didn't either. Don't forget, it's only when he started to see uh, people um uh kind of like uh 
um, uh, when he started to see them praying in little groups here and there, that's when he started to um, think, well, you know what it is? I might as well try and fix this then. And the way to fix this is, um, uh, uh, you know, might as well just put them in groups, put them under the, the you know, the imam. And, and at least it will be better than everyone reciting at the same time, praying at the same time, all the rest of it. So, it, and, for, for, and, and for example, the Hurun, insha'Allah. The Hurun, insha'Allah, wa alayka wa alayhi salam. Um, wa alayki wa alayhi salam. Uh, Fasara. The, um, uh, the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi salam, doesn't advertise even the night prayer in any kind of congregational sense, even when it happens. So, for example, Abdullah ibn Abbas, and he gets to pray with him that odd night. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud got to pray with him that odd night. And yet, we don't see any hadith encouraging it from the Prophet. Neither do we see a hadith from the two companions themselves encouraging it. So, I want you to understand that the night prayer is a private prayer, an individual prayer, a kind of hidden prayer, and a long prayer. Now, this is going to be important. You'll realize why. You'll realize why I'm making these points because I just want, I, at the moment, I'm talking about stepping back. Because, yeah, if you go really deep in and you look at the evidences, you could get a bit confused. But if you step back, right, and now look at the next section, right? Sheikh says, the, the author now says, But if he decides to follow his imam, okay, so. If he decides to follow his imam in the witr prayer, he doesn't actually stick with the imam, but rather then afterwards stands up and adds another unit. So it doesn't matter whether the imam is praying three or five or, or one, but they're odd. The prayer is odd, like witr is odd. He would then stand up when the imam says, he will stand up and add another unit to make it shafa, to make it even. So that is not a witr prayer. Now I want you to think about this for a second. And I want you to also consider how Sheikh Uthameen is going to focus on the legalities of this. But I want you to think about the practicalities of this instead. Alright? Just get it, let it let it stew. Let's let's uh, let me go through what Sheikh Uthameen says, then we then we'll recap. So he goes, alright. So if this um, mutahajid, guy who wants to go home and pray extra, or is planning a second jama'ah in the same masjid, for example, but the imam now is praying with her, so he will stand with him, and then he will stand up and do an extra rak'ah. And this is another option for the mutahajid. Okay? This is another uh, option. And in this one, he actually gets to follow the imam, and... Um, and then he will then pray a witr towards the end, and that's yani, you know, uh, he gets basically according to Sheikh Hatim, he gets both yani benefits. He's followed the Imam here, but didn't actually pray witr with him, and then he gets to pray witr after the tahajjud, which is the sunnah because it's the last prayer of the night, and also he's achieving other sunnah as well. Um, so, uh, 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 one second. So then, he also will achieve, for example, the fact that you are later on in the night. Uh, witr is a dua, 
ultimately. That's why the Qunut is legislated in it. The dua at the latter part of the night is the one which is most listened to. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends in a manner which befits his majesty at that time. It's a blessed time. It's the sunnah of the Prophet also to make it very late. So this way, he gets what he wants, which is the right way, which is to pray later, but also gets to follow the imam and enjoys the jama'ah or whatever. That's not what Shaykh Uthamin is endorsing, it's certainly not what I'm endorsing, but we're just now following this position now and seeing it through, okay? Just want you to see it through. So, so anyway, he'll end up praying two rak'ah, basically. He'll end up praying two rak'ah uh, 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 with the imam, uh, even, basically. All right? And he's hoping that he gets the reward of following the imam until the imam finishes because the imam's got off and so therefore he gets the whole night written in prayer anyway. Now you might be asking yourself, well, what's the point of praying later on if he's trying to get the cheeky kind of full night of prayer as well? And I'd be asking the same question, frankly. But anyway, Sheikh says, if he does this, this is good stuff. This is good. If the Sheikh Uthameen says, this is good. A Sheikh Uthameen's opinion. All right. If I forget to come back to this, I don't agree. But Let's just carry on with Sheikh Uthameen's position. Sheikh carries on, he goes, Now if someone was to say, how are you even justifying this act of standing behind an imam, him clearly doing one thing and you wanting to do something entirely different? Him intending to pray witr and you having... Is on, we're hearing all the notifications. Oh, sugar, sorry guys. How is that? That's so weird. Why is that? I can't hear them. Okay. Do you know how crazy that is that you guys are hearing what's up on my on my on my desktop? I've muted the sound. So I can't hear them. So for example, the audio on the podcast won't pick them up, but you are hearing them through the system. That's mad, bro. That's really mad. All right. Now it's gone. You see, this is the thing with that, right? Nobody, neither have I heard a single notification, and neither has the podcast. It's actually going through the system. Anyway, I've turned it off. My apologies, folks. And I don't know why the notifications is on, by the way. I don't know why. I never turn on notifications, but this is what's happened. You see, I've turned my computer on for the first time in donkey's years, and it's all gone bagalayas, just like the cameras. Just like the cameras. My apologies, really. I'm sorry about that. That's very, very rude, and I'm uh, my apologies. All right? Um, so, I don't know where I got to, man. Ah, uh, Where's your evidence that you know, he's wants to pray with her and you want to pray something else? I have two complete different intentions. How is that yani, possible? So Sheikh says the Dalil is of course uh, a number of evidences, but for example, one of them is when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the uh, in at the the, the 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 battle or the event of Al Fatih, the opening of Makkah, the conquering of Makkah, when he came to Makkah and he prayed with the Muslims in Makkah, he was a musafir. Okay, he was a musafir and he وسلم, led the prayer. And when he was in the prayer, he said, Ya Ahla Makkah, atimmu fa inna qawmun safar. All right, um, complete the prayer. We are, um, we are travelers. And then they would then stand up and they would then um, do four. So they would pray two. For Dhuhr or whatever, and they would pray for. Now, there are different narrations of this hadith, some which indicate that this was said at the beginning, so they know what's going on when they get in. And there are other narrations which indicate that the Prophet ﷺ did this re- uh, either because he didn't tell them at the beginning, 
forgot to tell them at the beginning or new people joined the prayer to tell them as well. And in that case, what you would do is when you're in your tashahud as the imam, before you say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah or, or as is my position and the position of the majority, you would say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, right? To exit the prayer and you do it quietly. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And then you would announce loudly, and I actually say in English, unless I've got Arabs behind me. So in English, I would say, hey, we're travelers. And uh, uh, so complete your prayer so that they realize what's going on. So Sheikh is saying that the legitimacy of a prayer for the one leading it and the one following it when there are differing niyas is no problem. And I think we covered that, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I think. I'm pretty sure we did. Um, so this person who has entered with the Imam who was intending with her and this guy is not intending with her, no problem. This one's intending even, he's intending odd and this is a Qiyas, an analogy which is clear and there's no problems with it. Um, Sheikh says, how is this person actually doing what the Hadith says? The Hadith says that Man qama ma'al imam, whoever stands with the Imam until the Imam finishes the night will be written for him in the prayer. But he is actually going on. He's carrying on further. Sheikh Uthameen says there is no contradiction. The Prophet ﷺ did not say whoever stands with the Imam with and, uh, 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 and, he, fin- and, f- and he finishes with him. He, the Prophet ﷺ did not say whoever stands man al-imam the hadith does not say whoever stands with the imam and then exits with him, then he will get the reward of the night. The hadith says whoever stands with the imam until he finishes, then it will be written for him the night in the whole night as prayer. So there's a, it's clear that the hadith does not actually insist that you've got to finish with the imam. You've got, or that you've got to leave, sorry, you've got that you've got to leave with the imam. But you've got to pray until the Imam finishes. And Shaykh Uthameen says, he has finished. He's gone all the way to the absolute end, and my guy is finished, then he gets up and he carries on afterwards. So there's no problem uh, there. Now, that's what Shaykh Uthameen says. And now he's going to go into the issue of uh, Nafal and this, and that we'll come to that in a second. I want to add a few uh, words. By the way, the quality of the camera has increased so massively, it's insane. Although I want to ask you, can you see these uh, lines at the side? The black lines at the side. Was that there before? I wonder whether those were there before or not. Because I'm seeing them on YouTube on the side. And they look alright. I'm not going to lie. But the quality is really good, man. Anyway. That's where the money goes, bro. Right. Here's what I want to talk about. You know, here, Sheikh Uthameen alayhi rahmatullah is kind of you know, quite okay with the whole concept of um, standing up and praying an extra rakah yourself and all of the, the you know, and, and, and this whole kind of thing, right? Um, if you are the imam leading the taraweeh, what a great question. 100%, 100% that the whole night is written for you. Because you are better than the people that you are following. And so whatever reward is for them, it is for you by a great, greater right. 
Wallahu ta'ala alam. Right, just hold the questions and let me just yani, say a few things. We'll have a good Q&A yani, at the end of this, okay folks? Let me say that, let me just get this off my, off my chest. There are a number of scholars, certainly the madhahib or the others, like the Hanafis will, will have a heart attack at this kind of behavior. Malikis aren't yani, exactly enamored by this either. Uh, I have to be honest, I don't know what the Shafi'i position is, but I'm pretty sure that they're very lenient on this. They will be similar to the Hanabila, to the Hanbalis on this. This idea of getting up afterwards and, you know, all the rest of it. I want you to know that from a, the point of view of the Salaf, you do not see many people doing this. In actual fact, I will go further and say that this is quite rarely done, Okay. Otherwise, we'd have loads and loads of narrations supporting it. Okay, we don't. That's the that's facts. We don't have the now. I'm not saying it's haram. I agree that the evidence that Sheikh Uthamin brought shows that it is permissible. But is it the way to do it? And then so so now once you've asked that question, then you start building your case. So here's what the case that I would build. And obviously, this is not just my opinion. This is the opinion of a number of scholars. Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shanqiti is a scholar who I believe definitely kind of goes this way, right? I know that he was never in Medina, you know, all a lot of this stuff. So when I'm teaching this particular subject, a lot of my Medinan days are coming from, back from the 90s. There was a lot of tension around this whole issue. Um, and Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar was right in the middle of it because a lot of the, the students, us lot, who would be arguing amongst one another, would be going back to him and those who were connected to Sheikh Uthameen in Riyadh and so on, or in Najd, Reneza, uh, they'd be going back to him. And there was, you know, it was just war, basically. Fiqh, polite war, but it was, you know. And um, a number of scholars, not just Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar, but Shankliti uh, himself, but others, were not comfortable with this idea from differing angles. Like I said, it's not very narrated from the Salaf. It's not yeah, in the position of the Madahib. We're not saying it's haram. We understand the qiyas you're saying, but you know, you're stretching it. Are you really fulfilling the hadith of the Prophet of uh, praying with the Imam if you carry on afterwards? Yeah, I get your argument. The hadith doesn't say whoever leaves with the Imam when the Imam finishes. It just says when the Imam finishes. We get that, but still you are being different to him. And then they'll say that, well, also the Prophet ﷺ said that the Imam has been put there to be followed. And really, are you following him when he decides to end and you're carrying on? And, and you know, is that the right thing to do? And there are other options. Why do you need to do that? So Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar, for example, his personal opinion is quite a crazy one. Well, I say crazy I mean, in the respectful way. I mean, there's no respect way of crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that with respect. Um, crazy in that you would not have heard this opinion, almost guaranteed. And it's actually the position of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma that he would pray with the Imam, witr prayer. It's not the most authentic narration from Abdullah ibn Umar, but it's there. He would pray with the Imam, witr prayer, end with the Imam, that's now done and dusted. He's got Yanihi the full prayer. Uh, with the imam, finished with the imams, got the whole night boxed off, but still wants to add a bit more. If the situation arises, that he's going to have time and the ability and the energy to do so. So he would then, 
pray a single so then he would go to sleep or not go to sleep and wake up or not wake up but he's got the opportunity to pray to Hajjad or Qiyamul Layl so he wants to pray later on now he's stuck he's stuck because he's already prayed with her earlier on and the Prophet ﷺ said there are no two witters in the night and the Prophet ﷺ also said that make your witter prayer the last prayer so if he prays now he breaks both of them what did he do? he would pray a single unit he would pray a single unit and that single unit is cancelling out the previous one. You might say, hold on, the Prophet ﷺ said there are no two witters in one night. And Abdullah ibn Umar will tell you that that's right, I'm going to pray three, which actually is going to equal one. Because then he would then pray his tahajjud or qiyamul layl or whatever. And then after that, as per the sunnah, he would pray with her by himself in the late part of the night towards the Sahar time. Sahar meaning the Suhoor time. Sahar meaning early morning. Sahar meaning the time where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends and uh, forgives and gives mercy in ways unimaginable. He then prays with her then. Now, if we're counting, that's the third one. However, actually it's his only one. Why is it his only one? Because the second one cancelled out the first one. Now you might say, what do you mean cancelled it out? It has no value. Yani he did it once, he did it once. And I remember Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar saying that, well clearly there's a value to it, otherwise the Prophet ﷺ would not have said, there are no two witters in one night. What does that mean? There are no two witters in one night. What does that mean? Some scholars said, like he did, that it means that it's not a witter then if there's two. If you do two odds, it becomes an even. That's why there are no two Witters in one night. Not that you can't pray witter twice, because you obviously can. But it will not be considered يعني, a prayer. And so in this scenario, he would pray a single raka'ah or three raka'ah, by the way. And yes, a single raka'ah is completely allowed for witter, even though it's not recommended, it's not the sunnah. But it's allowed to pray a single raka'ah. The point is that he does an odd prayer, which is witter whether 1, 3 or 5, to cancel out the previous one. And then he then prays his qiyam, like Maryam said, and then he prays his own witr. This is the action of Abdullah ibn Umar. This is also the action of Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti. It is not the action of hardly anyone else after that. I mean, relatively speaking. This is a controversial position. And it's not the position of the majority. Certainly not. And the majority will just be yeah, and using the logical kind of thing here. Now there are, what are the logical things? Well, there will be some that will say, which is the correct position, which is I prayed the witr of the imam, and that's it. I'm not praying tahajjud later, and I'm not praying witr later, and yeah, I missed out on praying the witr at night very late, but guess what? I got it all fully with the imam, so I'm covered. I want to say to you now that that is as solid, safe, and sound as it gets. And a number of scholars are going to support that, okay? Or, or, there'll be another uh, a position of the scholars. So this is a, m a major area of difference, by the way. Another opinion is, the Prophet ﷺ said, do not make, uh, uh, sorry, uh, make your witr the last prayer of the night. Make your witr the last prayer of the night. He did not say, sallallahu alayhi wa 
do not pray after witr. There's a difference between the two. He did not say, Okay? Don't pray after witr. Even if the implication of the statement, the hadith, make the witr the last prayer of the night, is of course to not pray afterwards. However, that's different to saying and making it haram. Don't pray after the witr. I just want to make that statement, put it out there. Right. Now that you've got that, let's now remind ourselves of the hadith in Bukhari, in which the Prophet Aisha said, prayed Salatul Witr, and then he got up وسلم, and prayed two rak'ah. Now, this hadith is a very famous one, very much differed over, and lots of discussions, and Ibn Hajar wrote a whole little essay on this whole issue, and it's very famous, and all the rest of it. Now, first of all, I want to say, that if you're a pack, you know exactly this hadith. Because if you're a pack and you've ever prayed uh, taraweeh in a masjid, this is the two nafal that the Hanafis, the Obandis, Brailvis, and so on and so forth, modern day folks, in the masjid, as soon as they finish the witr in taraweeh, you see people stand up and pray to raka'a nafal. That's their interpretation. That it's an actual sunnah. And I just want to say, folks, I know there's some really good questions here. I can see Sumaira, Zakaria, Danish, Maryam. Honestly, this is not the time for your questions. Towards the end, I, I'm in I'm in a zone right now. I need to just I need to say what I need to say, and this is going to put me off. And I will answer your questions. Bring it towards me at the end. Um, those two rakaa. Sorry, that hadith Aisha says that that he prayed the two rakaa have got some wonderful interpretations. Like they're so varied, it's beautiful to see. So in the Hanafi school, they understood it like it's an actual sunnah to do. Like, hey, if you're going to pray witr, you need to follow up with these two raka'ah to do the sunnah like Aisha saw the Prophet do. They're unique in that because frankly, you can see the problem with this opinion. Where is this idea coming from? It only happened once. Where did you get the idea that it's a sunnah? Because to be a sunnah to that be recommended, you would need stronger maybe an indication from and you'd want to see the Prophet support it and promote it and you know what I mean? And you want to see it narrated more. And, 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 and also, big elephant in the room, is that the Prophet ﷺ did say, make your witr the last prayer of the night. So how are you going to reconcile between the two? So the Hanafi opinion is, is where it is. It is what it is. Another opinion which is great, followed by a number of scholars, a lot of the Hadith scholars, is that what Aisha saw is not contradictory to what she said, but you didn't understand what she said. She said, he prayed with her, then he prayed to Raka'ah. She did not tell you the context, which by the, judging by the hadith that we've got, which is that, make the last prayer of the night with her, because of that hadith and everybody knows it, the Prophet ﷺ could not possibly have then prayed two more units afterwards in the same night which can only mean that the night had finished. And that those two units was the two sunnah of Fajr. Which I just want to say to you, is something which is completely normal. You remember the first lesson that we did, we spoke about um, the practice of the Muslims and so on and so forth. And like I said to you in Egypt, you know, it's very different to what I like when I'm here. People wake up early anyway. But when I say early, I don't mean wake up one o'clock. I'm saying if Fajr's at four, we'll wake up half past three. If the Fajr Adhana means at 4, and you know that Jama'ah is going to be at 4.15, you can't wake up at 4, right? 
you're waking up at uh, half past three. You've got plenty of time to knock out a couple of raka'ah and witr. But what happens? People always over or underestimate it. And they're praying witr literally in the last seconds. Now, anyone who goes on Umrah generally, certainly if you're in, you're in my program, you know that the night prayer is very important part of our program. How many times, for those of you here who have been with me, how many times, right, have we had that great intention? By the time we make the yeah, I need 55, 60, 55 mile walk to the front of the masjid because it's so dead, right? So much time has been taken that we've got no time for anything and you're praying witr and in your witr the adhan goes off. Now, if a person was not listening to the adhan and he was watching you, what would he see? He would see you finish witr, then stand up immediately and pray to raka'a fajr because actually you finished your witr late and you're praying your fajr sunnah quickly because you know the fard is going to start. So the Prophet ﷺ, we have a hadith in Bukhari. Is it Bukhari? I can't remember where the hadith is actually. But the Prophet Aisha anha said that when the Prophet ﷺ would pray the Qiyam and would pray Witr, he would always finish in the Sahar. He would finish in the Sahar, meaning that he would be last minute. He would delay it as long as possible, right? Um, and so we know it's very, very close to Fajr. We know that. And so it is entirely conceivable that this second opinion or third opinion, wherever we're at, is that these two Raka'ah were actually uh, the two Sunnah of Fajr and therefore they don't support anything. They don't support Praying after witr, they don't support yani, this Hanafi practice, they don't support that's just the, the Sunnah of Fajr, and you got to make witr your last prayer. You got another opinion. Ibn Hajjad moved towards but leaned towards the opinion. I've got to say, I feel very uh attracted to this opinion. I love this opinion. It fits my understanding, it fits my my uh, uh, bias, my experience, my world view, my my lenses. When I look at it, this one is the one that looks clear to me. I believe that the Prophet ﷺ prayed to Raka'ah as a one-off, that it wasn't the two sunnah of Fajr, but he did it out of mercy to his ummah to leave the option there so, so that if a person finds themselves in a one-off situation, then they've got a uh, kind of like a, 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 a you know a get out of jail card in which they can break the normative rule of making the witter the final prayer of the night. What does this opinion? What does this opinion achieve? It achieves so much. It achieves, for example, um, helping a person out who is in a scenario in which they need to. Um, uh, in this particular scenario here, yeah, I need the uh, witter prayer is in uh, uh, been prayed in the masjid don't get up from the imam finish with him and if you really want to pray later on then you can pray but don't make it a habit actually what it really helps is that scenario where outside of ramadan and outside of the buzz of qiyamul layl and all outside whatever in the normative nights when manziani prays isha and they pray with her to be on the safe side okay and then Allah gives them tawfiq to wake up in the latter part of the night because they went to sleep early. But they weren't sure. Like the majority of us, we're not sure. The majority of us yeah, only think it's not going to happen, right? And so we, we, we do the witr. Like 
Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu yani did and Umar didn't used to and the Prophet sallallahu didn't used to and the Prophet sallallahu described Abu Bakr as a safe one and Umar as the risky one and the, the one that has taking a risk but with more reward on offer the interpretation that I'm using allows a person who then wakes up in the middle of the night to not be in a mess it's not the norm he wakes up he didn't think he was going to wake up doesn't have to get into the mess of now having to counsel with her and do with her and ex with her and whatever he just prays what he needs to pray and that's it because the Prophet ﷺ has opened up that door for him I hope that that makes sense now there are some other scholars that said that no this is the incorrect use of this hadith this hadith will this action will only apply and this interpretation will only apply to a person who wakes up or decides to pray only two raka'ah because the Prophet ﷺ only prayed two raka'ah. And if you're only praying two raka'ah, then you don't need to pray with her again after it. And you can just end the night with those two raka'ah and that's it. However, if you wake up to pray eight more, or you wake up to pray, or you stay awake after praying taraweeh in the early part, and for whatever reason you want to pray later, and you want to pray a lot, then this is not good enough for you. You have to find a solution to the witr that you've already prayed by cancelling it out or planning in advance and making it even yani, with the imam or cancelling it out before you start your qiyam. And then you should pray your witr afterwards by yourself. Now, I've got to say that this last opinion makes sense to me. I don't have a response to it. I kind of want to say that you're going a bit too extreme. The Prophet ﷺ praying two raka'ah is equivalent to praying two and eight and twenty. Is for me, he didn't have to pray that many to indicate the permissibility. I'm still not going to take this as a sunnah because clearly the Prophet ﷺ does not want it to be taken as a sunnah. Clearly the Prophet ﷺ wants the witr to be prayed by the last prayer. So after all of that discussion and all of these different opinions and so on and so forth, let's remind ourselves that Abdullah bin Umar actually did practice the cancelling out approach. But I want to say to you that this is all a mess. And this mess comes when we try to be a little bit too clever or want to be doing a little bit yani, extra uh, 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 thinking that we're better than what's already established. I just don't think we should create this headache for ourselves. I think that we should have confidence in our Prophet ﷺ. He said pray with the Imam. Praying with the Imam is a great benefit, a great blessing. It's very protective of your prayer and you get the whole prayer in night. So why are you losing confidence? Why are you losing confidence uh, that, yani, you know, oh, maybe I didn't get the reward, so I'm going to pray uh, more later on. And I'll, I'll add something further. It's not just Qiyam that's meant to be prayed at night time. Studying, reciting Qur'an, tadabbur on the Qur'an. That is also dua, dhikr. doesn't just have to be the prayer. I'm not denigrating the prayer, don't get me wrong. That's the number one action of the night. That's why it's called Qiyam, qiyam al-Layl. However, I'm just saying that there are other things as well. We mustn't, yani, you know, just make this about, I need to pray again later on. We've got to just kind of try to rationalize our, our, our thought process there, right? Why are we, you know, thinking like that? And then we'll say, if you are, then cancel out the witr by praying, yani, something before you start your qiyam. Just do an odd raka'ah, cancel out that previous one. Then pray your, your, your units and then... And then pray your witr at the end. If you are going to pray, if you are getting up to pray a lot more, then do that. And that's okay. And you're following at least a companion. You're following at least some modern day scholars. I'm going to tell you I don't like it. I don't like it. Me? 
If I'm in that scenario, I'm either finishing with the imam and I'm not doing this get up business. I'm not evening anything out. I'm not praying later on because if I'm praying later on, then I've lost confidence in the hadith. What am I doing here? Or I am praying later on and I'm praying later on knowing that I feel that I want to pray because of some specific reason. And sometimes I do do that because I just feel a bit maybe unfulfilled from the, the jama'ah. And then I'm praying and I am using the, the two sunnah uh, hadith, the Prophet said I'm praying two rak'ah, as my cover. I will not pray witr again. I will stick to the hadith that there are no two witters in one night. And I failed in making the witr the last prayer of the night. But I didn't do it intentionally. And I did it only because I got an opportunity to pray. But I'm going to try not to plan it like that. I'm not going to try to organize it like that. There is no perfect answer. There's no perfect solution. Because the other action that I would do is that I would not pray even the witr of the imam. And I would say to myself, I, and I do that quite a lot. So I would pray taraweeh of the imam in the masjid or a jama'ah earlier on. And this is if I was going to pray later on. And I'd have to be really justifying because I don't like the idea of praying later on. Because that's not the sunnah. The sunnah is to pray continuously all night. Or to wake up later and pray. Or to wake up uh, or to be awake in the morning early, uh, in the evening early and pray in the masjid. Umar radiallahu anhu has a very famous statement. I don't want to get carried away now, but Umar radiallahu anhu and he used to see some people who used to kind of like uh, do whatever they were doing, miss the taraweeh in the beginning part. Uh, as I explained, you know, in the first lesson that the beginning part of the night is taraweeh. The end part of the night was the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Umar used to gather them at the beginning. Like we would do at 8 o'clock yani Isha, and pray early. And they were missing that and praying later. And Umar made a statement. He says that these people, they think that they're getting good, but they're missing the real good. The real good is to pray with the Imam and as a community. That actually is where father and son differed, right? So the father is saying that definitely pray with the Imam. But I, I told you that maybe this is for the general Muslims who don't have the ability. Abdullah bin Umar and Abdullah bin Abbas, they used to prefer praying by themselves. But when I say pray by themselves, some scholars interpreted pray by themselves as praying with the jama'ah with the imam early and then leaving and then praying by themselves later on. So that's why I won't be too strict on the idea or too harsh or critical that absolute bid'ah completely you're not allowed to pray by yourself later on and all the rest of it. I won't go that far, even though I'm coming to a point that needs to be said uh, in a second. Um, man, there was something I was going to say one second. Um... Ah, this is the main thing. My biggest problem with this position of standing up after the imam to pray one rak'ah is that it's a horrible, horrible look. The optics of that is as bad as it gets. You are just putting it on blast and telling every single person there in that masjid that I'm not satisfied with you folks or with this imam. And it's not enough for me, frankly. And I'm praying later on tonight. Bro, don't... Bro, honestly, what are you doing, man? Just say salams, man. Or, bro, just get up and walk out the masjid. Don't show everybody. I've got to say, that's a mega bugbear for me. And I can feel comfortable yani, being this irritated by this. And, and I will not do it. Or I will avoid it as much as humanly possible. I don't think it's haram. And I feel comfortable because I know that the Prophet never did it. 
I know that the Prophet ﷺ allows people to stand up after the Imam and pray in the Hadith of Al-Fatih. But with the Witr prayer, very different. When they stand up and they're praying, they're standing up to pray for Raka'a Fard. Right? Two extra Raka'a to fulfill their Fard of Isha or Dhuhr or Asr or whatever it is. Yeah? And I'm a Musafir. In Taraweeh, my guy's getting up to advertise to everybody that I'm a night prayer. Habibi, what is the night prayer? The night prayer is the quintessential private hidden secret prayer. It's the quintessential proof of Allah, a proof of your iman with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pray in the night time while the people are sleeping. What's the point behind it? Because it's meant to be a hidden thing. Nobody else meant to know. It's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's your one opportunity to make up for your horrible day where you were yani, doing all of these acts in public and you know finding it very easy because Islamic acts in public are very easy. But if you can't make your private as equal to your public or better as it should be, then you're failing big time in your sincerity and your class and your quality. And if you can and are, then you're smashing it. And if you're advertising that fact to people, regardless of your intention, I'm sorry, regardless of your intention, you're opening yourself, at the very least admit that you're opening yourself up to a problem here. You are, you are creating a problem. I don't care how sincere you are. Okay, maybe you're not sinful. Maybe you get the full reward. But you're not. I can tell you right now what I'm thinking when I see people stand up in the front row. In the front row, they're there, they stand up. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, all right. Okay, my guy, he's, he's made his statement clear. He's made his position clear. Khalas, that's where he's at. Of course, the boiler room. Of course, you meant the boiler room. Um, right, now, I want to finish off this chapter. I want to finish off this issue, Taqib, then I'll go into questions, okay? Sheikh then says, um, and then doing nafal between the taraweeh is something which is makro, okay? And between taraweeh has different meanings. The first is whilst the people are praying, and obviously that's the most ridiculous thing ever. It's disgraceful, Yanni, to pray while the jama'ah is going on. That's Yanni, lack of adab, lack of unity. That's a complete disaster. Okay. Um, someone might, Sheikh says, someone might say, uh, you praying, uh, by that I mean like they're, they're praying and you're praying separately. Sheikh, uh, uh, you're praying separately, like extra uh, units or whatever. I don't know what the heck you're doing, Yanni. But what if someone says, I haven't prayed my Isha? And I haven't prayed my sunnah of my isha. That's what I'm praying. We will say to them, no. Like the hadith have established. Like the uh, evidences show. Differing niyyah does not harm the prayer. So you go into the prayer believing. that Not believing. Intending to pray isha. So you stand behind the imam praying taraweeh. And you say, this is my isha. So you will go Allahu Akbar. And after two raka'ah, when he finishes, you will stand up and complete two more raka'ah. And that will be your fard. And then you will join the imam again. And this time your intention is the next best prayer, which is the two sunnah of isha. The, ra- the rawatib, the two sunnah al-mu'akkada. Okay, sunnah mu'akkada, two of isha. Intention, pray behind the imam who's praying two units of taraweeh. In this case, I would give salam with him. Of course, by the way, if you are a traveler, and you arrived at the masjid when they're praying taraweeh, your isha would be two raka'ah, and his taraweeh would be two raka'ah, and you'd give salam together. So you get that point. So that's an exception. But otherwise, if you've prayed your isha, prayed your sunnah, prayed yani, some taraweeh with the man, you start praying by yourself. This is, of course, makroh, it's disgrace, and that's what the author is referring to. The second version of this is when the people are hanging around. Now this used to happen, by the way, 
in my time back in the day. Remember I told you that we used to pray all night. Yep. And if, when we used to pray all night, our breaks were no joke. Our breaks were like 15, 20 minutes long. We'd, you know, get coffee, tea. We'd have a little chat, a little discussion. Then we stand up for the next two. We'd only pray eight rakah. Remember I told you. And that was eight rakah. I would last like an hour and a half, hour, whatever it was. It was a killer. So we need those 15, 20 minutes. There'd be some people that would actually stand up and pray. Because they'd be like, you know, I'm just sitting around. I'm fit. I'm fine. Whatever, whatnot. So Shaykh Uthameen says these people are also being referred to in this. And uh, this is not acceptable. Okay, this is not acceptable. Uh, uh, this is... Uh, uh, not acceptable, meaning it's makru, it's disliked. However, what is not disliked, according to our author Imam al-Hajjawi, alayhi rahmatullah, is al-ta'aqib fi jama'ah. What's not disliked is to pray later in congregation. To pray the night prayer later in congregation. Now, folks. This is something that I've recorded a very long video on. It's 10 minutes and I've gone through a whole load of detail. And my opinion on this is very well known. I don't like this prayer. I don't think it's a sunnah. I think it's against the system as well as the details as well. However, I want you to know that a number of scholars accepted it. All right. And in the Hanbali Madhab, there is a clear narration from Imam Ahmed that this is his opinion. However, in some of the major books of the Hanabila, there are also narrations of the exact opposite. In fact, Ibn Qudama, he himself claimed that Imam Ahmed's position of allowing this ta'qib prayer was his old position and it was abrogated by his second position, which is that it's allowed. Now, that's difficult to ascertain and it's an argument that Hanbalis go absolute mental over and they spend absolute ages debating plus, minus, true or not true, is it, blah, blah, blah. It's Frankly, it's boring for me. I don't care who works out who. Let's just look at it in a general sense, right? What are we talking about here? What we're talking about here is what we're seeing in our masajid in our current time, where people pray the taraweeh in the beginning of the night, not so much in the last five, ten years, but certainly the ten years before then, and certainly going to see it starting now again. And it's been consistent in the haram, in Mecca and in Medina, especially Mecca, all right, in Ramadan. What is that? In the last 10 nights. What is that? Pray tarawih in the masjid. With the imam. And then there is no witr. Or the first imam prays the witr at the end of that tarawih prayer. 8 raka'ah, 20 raka'ah, it doesn't matter. Or 20 raka'ah total prayer but only pray 10. And then one imam prays the witr. And then a couple of hours later they return back to the masjid again. And everyone comes and they pray part two, basically. And that's why they call it ta'qib. Because it is, yani, ta'qib comes from the Arabic to follow, to the end of. It's basically following on, right? And so in this scenario, the same imam from the first one comes along and it carries on with the second lot. Then he prays with it at the end. Or if there are two imams, then the, this uh, imam that didn't pray with her, he will now lead this prayer. Then he'll pray with it at the end. Or there'll be no, uh, there'll be, uh, like, you can make the variations as you want. And it doesn't have to be the same, uh, doesn't have to be the same, uh, what's the word? Uh, 
imam. Doesn't have to be the same location where he's praying. It's the concept that we want to speak about. Okay, that you pray in the beginning part and you pray in the evening part. Now this is controversial, right? Of course, the Prophet ﷺ didn't do it, and the major companions didn't either. However, we do have some narrations from some of the companions, which are of dispute. And then we've got those which we've got some actions and statements of the Salaf that I'm just going to share with you a few of them that you can write down. But again. If you really want a proper display when I was in the mood and, you know, really into it, then you can find the video on this that I recorded for Faith IQ. Um, the, most, the most authentic or the most, the most famous uh, narration in this issue is, um, is that which was narrated by Anas uh, radiallahu anhu. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. This is narrated in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba, in the Book of Prayer. The chapter of At-Taqib fi Ramadan, the, the second prayer in the, the Ramadan, volume 2, narration number 399. Now, what does this statement say? Anas radiallahu an saw that saw that the people had prayed Tarawih at the beginning of the night in the masjid. And then they had returned back later, okay, to pray another jama'ah, okay, to pray another jama'ah. And Anas, when he saw that, he said, لا بأس به إنما يرجعون إلى خير يرجعون. This is no major, it's no biggie. They're coming back for some good that they're hoping for. Yani they're, they're wanting the best, they're, 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 they've got good intentions, you know, whatever. Actually, this statement is a very dangerous statement if, it's, yani, if, it, if it really was as authentic as some people claim. It's not as authentic as you may think. Some scholars consider it to be weak, but some did. Sheikh Uthameen, clearly not enamored by this position or this statement, okay? And a number of scholars, of course, are in that position. Um, and it could be in his opinion, and he believes that. A number of scholars used to consider it to be bid'ah. Sufyan uh, Thawri, for example, used to consider it bid'ah. A number of other of the tabi'in imams used to not like it, but there are plenty that did. So this is a genuine matter of difference amongst the fuqaha. But it's certainly not the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Neither macro level, certainly not micro level. At the macro level, I've already spoken about the, the, the system and the way and you should be con, you know, uh, content with the imam at the beginning and not yani, creating two jama'at and not trying to work out all this yani, you know, contortions of how to get around two witters and etc, 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 etc. So anyway, Sheikh says, even if this is authentic, right? And then now I'm just going to do some reading from Sheikh, okay? And then we'll, we'll, I'll say a few more words and then we'll go to a Q&A. So we're wrapping up in a few minutes. Sheikh says, even if this is authentic from Anas radiallahu anhu, at the bottom of page 67, he goes, it contradicts the statement of the Prophet sallallahu who said that make your last prayer the witr prayer. And these people who come and pray jama'ah and then witr of the imam and then come back again to pray jama'ah and then witr, then how are they achieving that? So someone will turn around and say, okay, don't pray the witr uh, in the first jama'ah and then come back and pray in the latter one, which is what a lot of them do, which is what happens in Mecca in the last 10 nights, especially when Sudais and Shuraim are, are, are leading each Jama'ah, then Sudais yani, will pray the first 10 and there'll be no witr, and then, then it will come back and Shuraim will then lead the second 10 after 2-3 hours, longer than usual, 
finish later than usual and then the witr will be prayed at the night. So people will 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 play with it, right? In order to kind of uh uh you know to make it work or to make it legitimate or I don't know, or to make it prank. I don't know what the word is. But anyway, Sheikh says, um so Sheikh's carrying on. He goes, even if this uh, uh, position, even if this statement is authentic from Anas, these people they've come and they've prayed with her, and if they come back, right, then this is this prayer, right, is not going to be the last prayer of the night because the witr is meant to be the last prayer of the night. So they're adding. Now I've already told you my personal opinion about that. Actually, I don't think that's a major uh, thingy. And so Sheikh says, this is Sheikh's position. He goes, I just want to say from myself that I consider, Sheikh Uthameen saying, that I consider ta'aqib as it's been described with a witr that's prayed at the beginning to be makru. Okay? And this is one of the positions of Imam Ahmad as well. So to pray tarawih and the witr of the Imam and then come back later and to then pray the uh, uh, ta'aqib, whether you add the witr to it or not, if you add the witr to it, then you pray two witters. If you don't pray the, if you don't add another witr to it at the end, then you've not made your last prayer of the night witr. From every angle, it's a disaster. It's makro. It's disliked. Not haram, but it's disliked. And this is one of the narrations from Imam Ahmed. Okay, and Sheikh says, "What laqar riwayatin?" And it's narrated, yani, in al muqni and al furu and al faiq. And Sheikh says that. Is it's got to be said that the one where he allows it and doesn't allow it, they're pretty much the same in strength. We can't only say one is over the other. Sheikh says, Lakin law if this taqib was to come after Tarawih but before Witter, then it's not disliked. Then what the what our author is saying is okay. And of course, what our author is saying is not mentioning anything about the witr. So the statement of our author, لا تعقيب في جماعة, يعني that uh, it is not disliked to pray the تعقيب in jama'ah. He didn't say that تراويح and then witr and then تعقيب. Actually, he's just saying that the تعقيب is allowed. And we should assume that he means, obviously, before another, before the witr, not after a Witter, which has been placed after Taraweeh. We should assume that. Okay, and that's what Sheikh Uthameen, he said. And he goes, this is what, and Sheikh Uthameen carries on, he goes, this is what the people do in the last 10 nights in Ramadan. The, the, yeah, what Sheikh Uthameen says, that um, they come back and then they pray, they, 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 they pray the Taraweeh, they don't pray the Witter, then they come back a couple of hours later and they spend the rest of the night praying another set of units and then they pray the witr, and Sheikh has no problem with that. He says that's something which is allowed. He's not a fan of it. He's not saying it's the sunnah, but he goes, it is what it is. I want to just give you a few quotes, right? Um, I'm going to give you a few quotes, all right? Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, al-Hasl al-Basri, for example, they considered this position to be makroo, to come back يعني, to do a second jama'ah. Okay, to do a second jama'ah. If they, they said that if you really want to do more, do it by yourself. I couldn't agree more. If you really want to pray, then do it by yourself, not the one that's organized in the masjid. And I'm saying even the one that you do by yourself is not really legislated. But still, it's something which is allowed. We're not going to, you know, go crazy over it. All right. 
The Jama'ah was never established historically and it's another issue for Riyah, but that's yani, getting even more complicated. If you remember that not only did Abdullah ibn Umar and Abdullah ibn Abbas, they didn't even like to pray Taraweeh with the people, let alone a Ta'qib prayer, let alone a secondary prayer. This was also the action of Salim, the son of Abdullah ibn Umar. This was also the action of Urwa ibn Zubair, one of the fuqaha of Medina. And Al-Hasan al-Basri would also يعني, not advise towards this. Okay, He would hope that people would be able to pray um, by themselves and not actually try to um, get involved in like a second jama'ah. Anyway, anyway, there's so much that can be said about this. But in principle, I just want to say that if a person wants to pray extra, then pray extra by yourself. But really, you should have faith within the hadith. You should choose your imam better, your jama'ah better, pray in those which are long. It doesn't have to be the masjid. Pray in a private gathering. Pray in the whatever. And if you are a working person or a student or you've got mom and you've got kids and all the rest of it, then enjoy the blessing and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do the sunnah of the companions, which is to pray in a congregation called the taraweeh at the early part of the night because of convenience, short prayer because of the convenience, with the imam because of the blessing, end with the imam and go home happy. Spend yani, the rest of the night if you're awake making dua. And if you really need to stand up and pray, do a bit extra, then hey, it's not the end of the world because you're not making it a habit and you're not making it a jama'ah and so on and so forth. And Allah knows best, I might start repeating myself. So I think I'm going to stop there because I can just keep, I can hear that I'm repeating myself. All right, let's do questions, folks. All right. So all of you who did not get a question answered, please post it again. Okay, let's do this. I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to go down. I'm going to start at rivers. I thought the intention of Fard can't be joined with Sunnah. So you can't pray your Isha when the congregation is prayer tarawih. Or have I got that wrong? You haven't got it wrong. The Hanafis don't allow it. But the majority of the scholars do allow it. And yes, so that's allowed what I described. And correct, Iram, that statement can be so misunderstood, man. It's a big problem. Right, Sumaira says that the narration of Abdullah ibn Umar cancelling out the witter. Did you say it wasn't really authentic? A questionable narration? Please, could you source it? Um, so that's a good point. I have never myself seen it. I've only heard about it in the books of fiqh. I've only been taught it by my teachers. I have never seen it myself. And I get very suspicious when it comes to things like that. Because I normally have a good handle on the musannafat, right? However, this is the position of Abdullah. Yani, this was taught to us by Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar. And Muhammad Mukhtar, yani, doesn't mess about. He just shanqid, yani, memorizes absolutely everything. So it's there where I don't know. That is, so I do I I can't say to you it's inauthentic. I just have questions about it. I remember some scholars also questioning it, but because I've not seen it, I will not yani put my house on it if that makes sense. Okay, and I will try to source it, and hopefully someone can remind me on Telegram. Then I will do that in the week when I've got some time. Next twenty four hours very busy. Um. Absolutely, Danish. You know, do with the Imam, get the night, man. This is this deen, man. Subhanallah. Okay? This is this deen. All right. Sumaira says, If we are talking about ta'qib after taraweeh, with no witr until the end, is there a suitable amount of time as a break that classifies it as ta'qib? This is a really good question, right? Right? 
Like, what are we even doing? I mean, we've already created a name called Taraweeh and it's already, and you know, I don't necessarily, I'm a big fan of it. And I don't like the name, it's not from the Sunnah of the Prophet Now we're making it even worse, we're now creating, there's a lot of creating going on here. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now we've got another prayer, we're calling it Ta'aqib, what should the break be? And what's continuation, what's not continuation? She's right. Yeah, I need... People sometimes remain in a masjid for it. What's the differentiation between the two? Why is it not a tarawih? Why is it not just a continuation of tarawih? Why not? It is. It is. So you should ask those people who pray. I Because I don't pray. I kick off hardcore about that prayer. I don't like the masjid organizing it. I get very upset at that. Anyway, Zakaria says, This additional witr, what would be the intention for this single rakah? Like in his heart, is he intending it as a second witr? Yes, he is. And the reason why... Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar said, is because he has to cancel out the other witr so that he can actually pray a proper witr at the end. Don't ask me for the logic, but that's what it is. Because Zakaria brings up the point. Because if it's a, because if it is a single nafal rak'ah, then how do we establish that other than witr? And it is witr. And if it is a witr, then how can we intend to do witr with the intention to follow it with witr? Purely to cancel out the, the first one. That's why I said you don't ask about the logic. Right? But I agree with you, it's a problematic position. I'm not going to lie. This is why I'm not super confident about the position of Abdullah bin Umar. And I'm just saying it's an option. It's an option. And I think that out of a lot of poor options, this is as bad or as good as the others. Like, like for example, not worrying at all and just praying the Taraweeh prayer, knowing that the Prophet ﷺ prayed two units to kind of open up the session. Danish says, what if the Imam rotates? For example, the Imams here... Take turns reciting two each. And on some nights you may have up to five imams. Is the reward tied to the imam himself or that congregation session? The majority of the scholars, when they answered this, they said the session. It's not the individual imam. It's like the prayer, right? So that's, I think, common sense. Yeah. If you are doing ta'aqib without witr in the first set, do you then, to properly implement it, do four raka'ah and then take a break and then, then do the next four raka'ah followed by witr? Well, this is another problem. The Prophet Aisha anha described that the Prophet did not pray more than eight rak'ah, even though we know that he prayed ten as well in on occasion. But his sunnah was eight. So how many are you praying for ta'aqib? How many are you praying for ta'aqib? You've already ended up praying more than what you should anyway. Can you see like all the problems here, guys? Right? But anyway, it doesn't matter what you pray. If you're asking me, I wouldn't be telling you praying four and four because I'm, I'm telling you that there is no correct way. There's no proper way. You get what I'm saying? And those who do pray it, they don't mind whether you're praying it in twos or fours. Well, twos and two and then break and then two and then two. Of course, that's an a easy win. There's no danger in that. Salma says, when you intend to pray tahajjud outside of Ramadan, but you are not sure if you will wake up. So you pray with it before you go to sleep. Is it then better to only pray to rakat tahajjud to be on the safe side so we don't need to cancel out the pre- previous wizard? What a great question. And I've got to tell you that I'm very comfortable with that. I, I love this position. I'm quant- quality over quantity every day of the week. I'm like, you know what? If I've got up, I know that the evidence is just to rakat. Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that just praised the person who are just praying. And even to rakat. So many. So that's what I would be doing. And I would make those two rakah an hour long. I don't think if I'm waking up, yani, a janak like that, 
I'm not waking up three hours early. I'm waking up like, you know, half an hour before, an hour before, whatever, whatnot. So I'm praying to Raka'ah. Do I think that a person should restrict themselves even though they've woken up early and then, you know, they don't pray because they want to be in a safe side? No, I don't believe in my opinion that passionately to stop a person praying extra, if that makes sense. But do I think it's safer? Allahu A'lam, I do. I like the logic behind that. That, well, okay, if the Prophet doesn't pray to Raka'ah and you want to interpret it that way, that you this is a, a, a mercy to the Ummah to allow two Raka'ah to be prayed, then restrict it to two Raka'ah and change your whole system if you're praying more. I've got to say, I never followed this opinion before, but when I heard it, I was like, you know what? I think that opinion has got game. I think that opinion has got game. All right. If the Imam doesn't pray witr after Taraweeh because of the Hajjid, does that mean we have to pray to Hajjid with that Imam and then witr to get the reward of the full night? That's a really good question. And I've seen scholars differ over this. I mean the senior scholars, because this is not a fiqh question, this is a fatwa. Because this is about interpretation of interpretation. Right? Um, and I've heard both answers. And my answer is Allahu A'lam. I don't see or feel that you need to be punished because the imam is doing something outside the norm. I personally think you get the night prayer. Because the whole point, why did the Prophet ﷺ tell us this hadith? Is to avoid coming back later on. Right? Do you hear what I'm saying, Salma? Remember what the hadith came from. They comp- the companion said, pray with us the rest of the night, Ya Rasulullah. Come on, man, let's pray more. He said, listen, you, you've done enough because you prayed with me until I finished and that night is all it's done. So if the imam kind of, you know, kind of walks off and he's going to come back later, that's the opposite to what the hadith was revealed about. So I think you do get the reward. You don't need to pray with him and finish with him something X hours later. But Allah knows best. I hope you understand why there'll be difference over that. Aram says, the packs to do two raka'ah right after Isha and Witr at the same time. Have the understanding that these two raka'ah will suffice for tahajjud. Especially if they are not able to wake up later in the night. So these two raka'ah tahajjud for them. What's your opinion on this? Um, so I did hear some people interpret it like that, but um, the truth is that it doesn't help their position. Whether you call it tahajjud or whether you call it two nafal after witr, which is what the packs that I have been around always used to call it. Never did they consider it to be tahajjud, but I do know that some people do. Okay, um, I think both opinions are baseless. I th- well, not baseless, but you know, I just don't think that they're they're stronger than each other. They're as weak as each other. Yeah, yeah. Some Hanafi mosques do two taraweeh prayers, 20 rak'ah each, with two different imams and two different witters each night during the last 10 days of Ramadan. Would we call this a bid'ah? I, in my heart, think this is a bid'ah. When I called it bid'ah, people got very, very upset. I don't like it. Right? Now, people justify these things. They say this is for the convenience of the people. If it really was, then it wouldn't be in the last 10 nights. No, people are trying to increase the, 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 the ibadah. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't want to say it's haram and bid'ah because it, that's, these are big statements. I get it, okay? Even though I do in my heart feel something like that. I do. Yeah, I mean, but I don't like it. 
to counter the witr being the last prayer of the night in its absolute sense. Can we not say there is also the flexibility offered if one fears they might not wake up for tahajjud and thus does the witr early? I've done this already, man. Uh, towards the uh, end, you said Ibn Umar didn't even like praying Qiyam in Jama'at, but that, does that not contradict the practice narrated? So what I mean by that is that he himself, if you remember I said in the first lesson or first couple of lessons, I said that the um, that the idea of congregation was really only done for the masses. And especially when Umar yani, legislated it, it's because they were praying all over the place, loud, this, that, whatever. And the truth is, is that, you know, if you know the game, I like the question was asked by Yusuf earlier on, will the Imam get the reward of praying the whole night? You know what I'm saying? Yani, there are some people who are like outside the system. You know, they're doing it regular, they're doing it whatever. And, you know, it's like, the, the, you know, the people who are scholars and hafaz, they're not really found around these things. They don't really hang on these kind of things. They recite because they recite. They like it. They enjoy it. They don't need, they don't need a congregation. People aren't out. They need a congregation. So that's not saying that you shouldn't go in a congregation. I'm just saying that if you have the option to do it yourself better, then you should do it. But also, the congregation is legislated and is good, especially if you don't know what you're doing. And if you do know what you're doing, then it's good. Do it. And if you want to pray by yourself, and that's what some scholars interpreted the action of Abdullah bin Umar, that he was praying by himself later on. Not, not boycotting the congregation at the beginning, but doing the congregation and then praying himself later on. That's the way the difference is. Rivers saying there's many mosques who hold tahajjud prayers in congregation of Allah Is this then considered ta'aqib instead of tahajjud? Absolutely it's ta'aqib. They can call it what they want, but this is ta'aqib. And as I said to you now, this is the very, very, very standard. Another repost regarding the barakah of the last third. Why not just finish the salah of the imam, but still... Yeah, I said that earlier on. Right? I said that earlier on. We don't need to restrict all of our ibadah just to the prayer. Although there's no doubt that the prayer is better. When Abdullah ibn Umar prayed that single one to make even his first witr of the imam, what was the niyyah he was making for that one? We don't know about that. But it would be witr to cancel it. That's what Muhammad Bukhtar Shanqiti said. It has to be another witr to cancel the first witr. And that's why la witran fil layla. There are no two witrs because they cancel each other out. That's what that's what they that's what the whole point is. Zakaria was asking, you know, how can it be witr? It has to be witr because that's that according to them, that the only way it's cancelled out is if it's two witr. Then you can actually pray your own single witr. Alright? Um no, there's no one who can summarize this lesson, man. Believe me, this is the worst presentation ever. But anyway, what about if we know that the Imam, Agnieszka is saying, then we know that the Imam prays with a two and one. This is a good question. And we pray the first two rakah, the intention that is the hajjud, and then leave and continue praying more at home, finishing with witr. This is the kind of thing that I would do if I was going to go home and pray. This is the kind of thing that I would do, and I do do. The problem is, is that you don't always know when the Imam is going to do that. But let's imagine if you do know when the Imam is going to definitely pray two rakah and one rakah, then this is an option, yeah, if you're going to pray at home. But again, I'm saying, if you're praying with the imam, why are you worry about praying at home? But there could be legitimate reasons why you want to pray at home. What's the title for the video on Ta'aqib? Oh man, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Should we pray Ta'aqib? Can you put a link, guys? Can you find it? All right, all right, all right. We're done. Mesa said, spoken. 
If you want to prolong your two rak'ah but don't know enough surahs from memory, can you hold the Qur'an and pray to read from? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I use a stand to read from, okay, because my hifz is the worst. And big, big print because my eyes are even worse. And um, I, I like reading from Mus'haf. There we go. Well done, Thaqib. All right, guys. Jazakumullahu khaira. My apologies for the kind of, I felt like fractured nature of the class. That's what I felt. I don't know whether you came, whether you felt it too. But it is what it is. And, um, uh, but I'm just happy to be back home. Wallah, I'm very happy. I'm happy to be with you lot as well. I'm happy to be, the Bengalis have gone to bed, man. They said enough of that. Enough of this pack here. So, last points then. I think few places left for Umrah. That's important. October 21st. Decision has been made, by the way. I'm not doing one in November. Very, very important. It's now Christmas when it's going to be the uh, next one, 23rd of December. That date has not been publicly released. You heard it here. 23rd of December until the 1st of January. But it's not going to be publicly released for a while yet. But at least you don't know if you want to plan. By the way, I doubt very much that kids will be allowed even by then. Just so that you know. October 21st though, of course no kids, but there's an opportunity, I think three spots left, but we are going from London, Manchester gone completely, okay? Um, Fick of death last weekend, this week, this class, I think the next weekend, the weekend after, bro, the class is going to be a banger. And when I say a banger, it's going to be so different, no stress, no legals, no fiqh, no explanation, just pure iman boost, just iman buzz. You want your iman to be buzzing. That's what it's about. So let me make it clear: this is not your normal class of fiqh and you know the normal kind of thing. So if that's what you're in it for, you won't like it. But if you just feel like an iman boost, and you want to just yeah, and you know, not gonna lie, there's gonna be tears, man, and you're gonna be you know, Quran is gonna be buzzing. But it's that kind of thing. It's a more emotional kind of class, and you know, maybe not the kind of thing for us lot. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Um. Uh, can you hold Musaf only in Sunnah Salah only in Sunnah yeah don't get uh, 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 you know don't get into the father prayer that's a disaster for a new mom for a new mom yeah who won't be able to pray with the congregation so her Isha and following Nawafal will be done individually at home is it okay to take huge breaks between the two units until the Witab that's allowed there's a need there as well right no, Fiza, I don't like Yanni. You're right. I'm not a massive fan, Yanni, of the kids kind of whatever uh, uh, thing. But, you know. Um, the sessions be recorded to catch up later on. Quranic art, you mean? Yes, they are recorded, but only for a few weeks. But there's so many opportunities for you to get the class. Like, I want you to attend it live, man. There's nothing like attending a class live. Next weekend and the weekend after, in the morning UK time is one, and in the Afternoon and evening, there's a Canadian one. And then in the first two weeks of December, you've got the American timings, right? Which is our UK afternoon, evening, and it's their morning. Then in January and February, you'd have the Malaysian recordings and maybe West Coast and Central America regions, right? So, yeah, don't, uh, uh, you know, I I'd attend it live. I wouldn't, you know, even though they are recorded, they are recorded. Okay, sessions are recorded. Uh, you can read, yeah, from the phone. In actual fact, I believe that the phone is more Islamic because there's less kind of fluffing around and 
changing pages is you know sometimes you can just go like that right right and the whole point is minimal movement all right guys all right jazakumul khair barakallahu feekum wa subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka allahumma wa atubu ilaik wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh barakallahu feek